You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, recording this on a Tuesday night, a Tuesday night edition of Locked On Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. Make sure to follow Locked On Warriors podcast spotify odyssey ever you get podcasts or episodes every day monday through friday and of course make sure to subscribe and check us out over on youtube thanks to everybody who has subscribed over the last few days and who is watching right now have instant reaction for you recording this uh an hour or so after the nba draft lottery the warriors get the number seven and 14 picks and i'll tell you what happened uh their option prospects that could be available to them and what they might do uh, with the pick as far as trades and things like that. We just got off uh, a Zoom with uh, GM Bob Mile ago, so I'll have some stuff from there. But first, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this Thursday at noon to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Uh, as you can see here, we now know the final or, or the 14 uh teams and in what order they'll be selecting so the warriors get the 14th pick not much mystery there right we went into this draft lottery knowing that hey if if they pull out a warriors logo out of that first envelope we we know at least a little bit of that drama is gone had that had that envelope had any other logo in it that would have meant that the warriors had one of the first four picks in this draft and i think warriors fans would have been screaming in joy but Instead, not much drama at all. In fact, this thing is basically chalk until Orlando picks at number eight. So the Warriors get the 14th pick, Pacers at 13, Spurs at 12, Hornets at 11, Pelicans at 10, Kings at 9, Magic at 8, and then the Warriors get the 7th pick again, 29% chance of that happening. Then the Thunder, Magic, Raptors, Cavaliers, Rockets, and Pistons finish up the rest of the order the big winner in this draft lottery was the Toronto Raptors, who move all the way up to number four, and the Pistons moving up from number two to number one. The Rockets fall from number one to number two. So, in the same way that the Warriors did last year. Uh, so that's, I think, a reasonable outcome for the Warriors. Now, I know a lot of fans might have hoped that they could have ended up with one and four, but there was a half a half percent chance, a point five percent chance that the Warriors' own pick would have ended up at number one. That never happens. And uh, as far as the Minnesota pick, look, you wanted it to convey this year. I don't think you really wanted it to convey next year. And so you get the pick. Is it four? No. Is it even six? No. But seven's pretty good, right? There was worst-case scenarios. It could have fallen anywhere between eight and ten. That would have been tough. Uh, I don't know that there's that much of a difference between the 10th pick and the 14th pick, but... The difference between the 7th pick and the 14th pick, I think, is pretty dramatic. And this is a draft that is starting to open up, right? We're going to talk about the top prospects here in a moment, but there is a consensus top five, and there has been for a while. But Bob Myers on the Zoom call with reporters afterwards said, yeah, I understand that that's been the consensus all along, but the draft lottery is happening now, or, or I'm sorry, the draft lottery happened Tuesday night, the same week as the draft combine is happening in Chicago. And you've got a guy like Scotty Barnes who's measuring in with a seven foot three wingspan, a guy that Chad, who, who Chad Ford told me last week is in the top five on some draft boards across 
the league. Well, that doesn't really sound like it's a consensus top five anymore. I think what we have is a consensus top four with Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, and Jalen Suggs in some order. After that, I think you have a little bit of a dip. I think there are teams that have Jonathan Kaminga up there. He's kind of been the guy that's been mentioned in that that group of five there. But you've got uh, Scott Scotty Barnes moving in. You've got even a Davion Mitchell out of Baylor kind of getting into some front offices' top fives. I know uh, uh, Bayless on ESPN had um, had uh, uh, Mitchell in his at number five for him. So there's some guys that are available here. And with the Warriors having the seventh pick, they could have an opportunity to get one of those guys. Uh, so that's a really good pick. And I think that the Warriors should be very, very happy with uh, how things turned out. No, you didn't end up with one and four, which would have been the absolute best case bananas scenario. That wasn't ever going to happen. Very, very slim chances of that happening. Uh, could have been a lot worse, right? You could have ended up not getting the Minnesota pick at all. And that go, moving into the top three and not getting it or or it falling down to eight or ten or something like that. But the seventh pick, the 14th pick, those are good tools to have. And now the offseason really begins if you're the Warriors because now you have some clarity to where these picks are going to end up. Uh, I want to tell you, talk to you about some of the best prospects that the Warriors could have available to them. And we kind of look at some of the mock drafts and things that are out there. But first, let's talk about locker room. It's time to get in on Locker Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform where you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. I've been using Locker Room here and there to record this podcast, and I, I'm really enjoying it. It's sort of like this old-school sports radio call-in show, but easier than ever to join, hang out, and talk. And I'll be hosting a room this Thursday at noon Pacific time, along with Bram Hillsman of the Warriors Huddle Podcast. So I'm letting you know now, mark it down. Get it on your calendar, noon on Thursday. Be a friend and come on through with your draft questions. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter account, and then join the Warriors or the NBA group. Follow me at WC Goldberg to be notified when my room goes live. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Okay, let's move on to some of the top prospects available. In this draft. So I mentioned that group of four, right? Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs. Warriors are not going to have an opportunity to draft any of those guys unless, of course, they're able to package these picks and then move into that top group. I don't really think that's going to happen. I don't really see that happening. Um, you know, I think uh, you you heard Adrian Wojnarowski uh, in the moments before the draft lottery talk about some of the teams that might want to move out. And Cleveland is one of those teams, right? there, And they're sitting there at number three. And that's an interesting spot. I I know that people in my mentions are, well, just package seven and 14 up for number three, and then you can go get Jalen Suggs um, or Jalen Green. That's not what Cleveland's going to be looking for to move out. They're going to be looking for some sort of star, some sort of veteran. Yeah, the Warriors could throw them Andrew Wiggins or something like that, maybe take Kevin Love off their hands. I, I still don't think that that's what the Cavs have in mind as far as trying to move off of number three. So I don't see that as a realistic option for Golden State. I think they could move up maybe to uh, to six with Oklahoma City there sitting, but is that is it really worth packaging seven and 14 for six? I don't think so unless there's somebody that the Warriors are absolutely in love with. But Bob Myers said in the, in the 
post-lottery press conference, it's really nice to have two swings in this draft and that they can, they feel like they can get two good players in this draft. And by the way, they feel like they, they feel very comfortable adding two rookies. I asked Bob Myers, Hey, do you feel comfortable adding two rookies to this roster and taking two rookies into training camp? And he said, look, it depends obviously, but yeah, they do feel comfortable. And the reason for that is it'd it be complicated to move these picks for anything else. Now that's not to say an opportunity doesn't present itself, but uh, I think the Warriors have to move forward, assuming that they're going to take players at these picks and that they're going to go into training camp with two more rookies in addition to James Wiseman, who I've said before, is basically going to be a rookie still because he played less than 40 games last year in his official rookie season. But uh, they're at number seven. Look, we've done some network-wide mock drafts this year. Uh, in the last or in the last couple of months, and I've picked at seven and fourteen, I think for two of them, and then didn't get the pick, didn't get the Minnesota pick, and then only ended up with the fourteenth pick in that third one. Uh, in the third one, I took Josh Giddy just because I wanted to change it up. In the first two, I took the same two players at seven and fourteen. The first one I took Michigan, uh, Michigan's Franz Wagner at seven, and then Baylor's Davion Mitchell at fourteen. And then in that second mock draft, I basically took the same two players, but just reversed it. I took Mitchell at seven, Wagner at 14. Now, I got to tell you, I don't know which one the Warriors would prefer at seven if they were both on the board. I think in some respects, Davion Mitchell is kind of the obvious guy, right? Uh, because he's the guy with all the success. He's the bigger name. He's uh, uh, He was a great shooter last year at Baylor, playmaker, uh Seems to have more upside than Wagner does, but Wagner is kind of like the analytics darling, and the Warriors front office puts a lot of stock into sort of the analytics, right? I wrote a story for the Mercury News earlier this year about how they've doubled the size of that analytics department over the last couple of years. Uh, they, they care about that stuff, and when you look at what this team needs, Wagner also fits those things, right? He's a guy who can play make for you, can guard several different positions, has a high steal rate, which would help this team get out in transition and get some fast break points uh, and make scoring easier for a team where scoring was very difficult for them at times this last season. I think Wagner would be a home run for this team. I also think Davion Mitchell would be a home run for this team. So at number seven, I think both of those guys should be there because if we do just a, a quick little mock of what the top six would look like, Cade Cunningham's going number one in Detroit. Forget it. It's done. Over with. Uh, Houston at number two, there are some questions about whether or not Evan Mobley fits there. I think he does. I think you could put Evan Mobley and Christian Wood in the front court. I think that works. I think he goes number two to Houston. Cleveland at number three, if they stay there, I, I could see them taking Suggs or Green, and then whichever one they don't take, Toronto takes at number four. And I think Orlando at five would be really happy to get Jonathan Kaminga. You just saw Steve Clifford, by the way, walk away because this is a team having traded Vucevic, that is clearly in the rebuilding stages. And Kaminga is the guy you want to draft if you're a rebuilding team as as, as behind uh, or as early in that kind of process as, as the Magic are. And they've had a need at small forward for seemingly the last two decades, basically since Tracy McGrady left. They've had a need at small forward. So I think Kaminga goes number five to Orlando. Things get a little different with... OKC at six, but I still think they probably go Scotty Barnes there. 
you know, you have him, SGA, Sam Presti likes the long, kind of versatile, athletic players, uh, and especially guys who can't really shoot. And there's questions about Scotty Barnes, who can't really shoot, but he's super versatile, super long. Again, measured in at 7'3", with a 7'3 wingspan at this week's uh, draft combine. So I think Presti would love Scotty Barnes there, which would keep Wagner and Davion Mitchell at the board there at number seven. There's some other guys that the Warriors could consider there, obviously. You look at a Keon Johnson out of Tennessee or a Jalen Johnson out of Duke, even a Josh Giddy uh, out of Australia who's rising up. Corey Kispert, who's a knockdown three-point shooter um, out of Gonzaga. There's other guys, right, that they could go. And Alperin Sanguin, the center out of Turkey, more of a traditional type of center. I'm not sure the Warriors would go center two years in a row, but he's worth mentioning. Uh, there's a lot of guys that they can go with, but I do think that with what the Warriors need, which is immediate help with guys that have a little bit of upside, but they need immediate help. I think Wagner and Mitchell would both be the, on the board there, and it would be splitting hairs between those two guys, and the Warriors have some work to do. I'm not sure which one right now that they would prefer. And then you go to number 14. Uh, a lot more variables uh, in play here. I have no idea how the Magic would draft at 8 after picking at 5th. Uh, then you've got Sacramento there at 9, and they're reportedly wanting to trade out of that pick. So who knows who would move up there and, and take a player off the board at, at number nine. You have the Pelicans at 10. You've got the Hornets at 11. The Spurs at 12. Like the Spurs seem like a team that can also move that pick if they want. And then Deanna at 13. They're also a team that could be motivated to move that pick, uh, depending on who's on the board. So I have no idea who's going to be there at number 14. Um, maybe it's one of Mitchell or Wagner. Like I said, in those two mock drafts, I thought it was pretty interesting that both of the one of those guys was on the board uh, at number fourteen by the time I picked. Maybe it's the fact that they're a little bit older and these other teams are more in the rebuilding stages and would prefer to take younger guys. I don't know, but um, that's at least those are at least the options that are that are available now to the Warriors. But a lot can change between now and this week's draft combine, and when a lot more work is done between now and and uh, the the draft at the end of July. Uh, there's also the trade option right can you package these picks to get somebody a veteran player an immediate contributor right now and not have to worry about you know trying to develop a rookie we'll talk about that next in some of the warriors options but first let's talk about built bar built bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar but unlike most protein bars it actually tastes good and it's good for you built bar is great for health conscious men and women whether you want to maintain or lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're great if you're on the keto or another low-carb diet. And they have nine different flavors available now, and they're always creating and releasing new, exciting flavors. Built Bar has been with us for a long time, and I've been eating Built Bars for a long time. I always keep a few boxes in the fridge, get them cold, have them for a snack between lunch and dinner. I think I just finished my last uh, raspberry chocolate one uh, this afternoon. And like I said, Built Bar has been friends of the show for almost a year now, and we appreciate the partnership that we've built. So support the show. By supporting those who support us, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off on your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's also take a moment to shout out Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA playoffs are on, and even though the Warriors aren't a part of it, you can be. Take a look at the spreads, the money lines, over-unders, and more at BetOnline. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today 
and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. By the way, when you're done listening to us here, go check out the Locked On Today podcast to get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes. Host Peter Bukowski has the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right. So we've already talked about some of the prospects that could be available. Some of the options that the Warriors have. Uh, The last thing I want to talk about is how they could trade these picks. Because there's been a lot of confusion, I think, out there with what exactly the Warriors can do. Uh, And how they can move these picks for veterans. Uh, I talked about this with Connor Letourneau on uh, Tuesdays earlier this week. But Joe Lacob told The Athletic, hey, forget about it. We can't trade these picks for veterans. Because of the salary cap, it doesn't work. That's only... That's that's not completely true. I think what Joe Lacob was maybe trying to say was that you can't trade the picks before using them for veteran help. But there is a way, and the Warriors front office knows this. This is not a secret, and, and it happens before. Uh, there is a way to trade this pick without attaching it to a salary that the Warriors don't really have, right? Because after all the $30 million salaries, Steph, Draymond, Clay, Wiggins... The next biggest salary is basically James Wiseman at $9 million, or so you're not trading, and Kevon Looney at $5 million, and he's your starting center, or just was. So, uh, And that's not really going to get you much. Um, but what the Warriors could do, instead of trying to pack, package these picks with a veteran salary in order to acquire another veteran, is make the picks for another team. So how does that work? Well, you would agree to a deal with another team for their veteran player. And then if you're the Warriors, pick for that team at number seven and, and number 14, possibly if, if it's both picks that you're trading for that player. Uh, but under that scenario, the Warriors would pick both players for that team. That The trade would be reported. It would get out. Hey, the Warriors are trading seven and 14 for X player. And then that deal... After, well, after the draft, the Warriors would sign those players. And then after 30 days under the CBA, they'd be allowed to trade those players. So it would take about 30 days in order to officially consummate the deal. But they could agree to that deal on draft night. Right? So it is not impossible. And the cap slot at number seven is about $5.5 million. And the cap slot at number 14 is uh, like $3.5 million or $4 million, something like that. Basically, if the Warriors wanted to, they could combine both the number seven and number 14 pick and get some something like a $9 million player back in return. So I filtered the entire NBA for players who make between nine and about $12 million because even at 12, you could throw in an Alan Smiley, an Eric Paschal, and a, a Damian Lee contract, a Michael Mulder contract, and you could kind of build your way up to about $12 million. So I went through and, and took a look at some of the players that could be available, that the Warriors may be interested in. Uh, and you look at Joe Ingles, 33 years old from Utah, making $12 million. His teammate, Jordan Clarkson, $12 million. Could the Warriors move 7 and 14 for Joe Ingles? What about Rodney Hood at 28? 28 years old. Uh, immediate contributor, scorer off the bench. He, make ten, he makes $10.8 million next year. You could 
pretty easily get up to that salary. You got Memphis's Kyle Anderson, 28 years old, $9.9 million next year. Montrose Harrell, 27 years old, $9.7 million next year. DeLon Wright, point guard, long point guard, rangy kind of defender, 29 years old, making $8.5 million next year. You could easily package the 7 and 14th picks for those types of players. Now, I think you could get Montrose Harrell, DeLon Wright, Kyle Anderson pretty easily for 7 and 14. Uh, Rodney Hood, I think you can get that. I don't know that the Warriors would do that. That seems like too much to give up for those guys. And I think they could be helpful. A guy like Rodney Hood, Kyle Anderson, they could be certainly helpful to the Warriors. But giving up number 7 and 14 in this draft, uh, which is a very good draft, seems like a little too much to give up for those kinds of guys. Joe Ingles, I would have to think about that. I know the Warriors front office likes Joe Ingles. They would love to have a player like Joe Ingles. I actually think the reasoning uh, uh, behind me taking Franz Wagner in these mock drafts is because because I think he's this draft's Joe Ingles. Very, very similar players. Uh, I still don't know that they would do it. I don't know that they wouldn't. But that would be, of that list, the only guy that I would have probably a conversation about moving 7 and 14. That would be the only guy that I would really have to consider moving 7-14 and 14 for. Because Joe Ingles, we just saw, six-man-of-the-year type of candidate. That's Andre Iguodala, right? Like, one of the best six men in the league. That's a hard player to find. And the Warriors have no cap space. And they have no way of basically getting a player like Joe Ingles, uh, absent of a Kelly Oubre sign-in trade, which, slim chance of that happening, right? I've been over this time and time again. It's really hard to facilitate a sign-in trade for Kelly Oubre. So... You go to what Bob Myers was saying in the uh, post-lottery press conference, and he basically said, like, look, we're not going to know what we want to do with this draft pick until the rest of the offseason plays out. So, you know, look at the Kelly Oubre thing. If the Warriors are able to sign and trade him for a sixth man or bring him back, and and maybe they try to make him that sixth man or something, um, whatever happens there, whatever happens with the mid-level exception, with these veteran minimum contracts, if they feel like, hey, we're ready to go get some guys here and we're in line to go get that sixth man that we need, maybe they are more comfortable using both of these picks and adding and bringing two rookies into training camp next year because you're not going to be asking them to do as much. Uh, but, you know, we have a lot of time between now and the draft at the end of July. This is just an instant reaction based on the lottery tonight. I appreciate you watching here on YouTube, listening wherever you get podcasts. That'll do it for us today. Remember to uh, to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate, review, say nice things. Make sure to subscribe here and start watching on YouTube. You can reach me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or by email wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Enjoy your day. Thanks for listening. We'll have more draft content for you later in the week.